first time I ever remember smelling weed, I was probably like six years old, maybe seven years old, and it was at my dad's house. Dude, I remember finding a bag on the back of the toilet seat, and like, I, I, I specifically remember this to this day, dude, I was probably like six or seven, and I was taking a pee. And I went in the bathroom and I was like, what is that? And it looked like potpourri. Yeah. And I was like, what? as a kid, I was like, what is that? And then literally my stepdad came up behind me while I was pissing, covered my eyes, and then fucking like grabbed that bag of weed and like fucking kept it moving. I was like, okay. I, I just asked my dad what that smell was and he told me that um, that he, was, uh, smoked, he had smoked a cigar. And I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of weird. And then I remember seeing he had a pipe sitting next to his ashtray. Yeah. I was too young to know any fucking different at all. It, it's really weird because you're naive as a kid. Yeah. Are we recording? Yeah. Yeah, I oh. wanted to, I was like, hey, we're welcome sharing. back to the corner in the casual, you guys. Always in your corner. Extra media Mike and the ever casual Jason Freeman. What's up, y'all? Hell yeah. Glad to fucking actually get an episode in now. You know, our time has been stretched. We're busy men. We yeah. got families to got take care of and kids whatnot. sports going on right now. So hey, my boys' football team's on a three-game win streak right now. They're rolling. Hell yeah, your kid's a stud. And I owe him money for all these sacks he's racking up, so. Yeah, I asked him today while he was trying to, like, pull a fucking half on me and shit. I was like, did you get any sacks today? He's like, yeah. I was like, hell yeah. He got one. He got one sack. That's good. What was it's- the score today? 14 to 12. It's a fucking close game. Listen, dude, like their defense is so good, but they keep giving up like one or two big plays a game. And it's the same thing that happened this week that, that happened last week. They they gave up two big plays, two like, scores, and then after that their defense just tightened up and shut them the fuck down. So those plays happened pretty early then? Uh, yeah. yeah, first half. I don't think anybody scored in the fourth quarter against them. Nice. Like, so, once their defense kind of settles in, dude, they're 12, just... 12 points, though. Do they just get a, a score and then miss a They kick? miss the extra point both times. So, in, like, Little League, they don't kick a field goal. They usually go for it because nobody that age can kick a field goal. All right. The thing is, is they do kick a field goal, it's two points. Oh. If they run it in, it's one. It's the opposite okay. of the big boys. Interesting. Cool. So you just got it's just because it's like somebody a third grader's not going to kick a fucking extra point. Right. I was asking you earlier uh, where they kick off from, and you said they kick off from the 40. Because yeah. I actually thought about that like last night while I was doing my thing. I was like, damn, dude, third graders kick fucking uh, like kickoffs and yeah, shit? Yeah, that's, that's when the first year they start kickoff and yeah. kickoff return. To be, to be honest with you, I'm surprised they still have special teams at like peewee level. Because, like, special teams is where, like, the biggest hits happen. Yeah, true. I mean, you get a fucking full sprint out of dude. But, like, in football, though, like, what's the alternative? Just give it to them at the 20 or yeah. 30 or Like, each, each team would start at the 25. Or maybe even at the 35. After, after a score, you'd yeah. start at the year 25. Because you said they kick off from the 40, and if they make it to the other 40, that's a good kick. Yeah. I mean, they're fucking nine. Right, yeah. Eight, nine years old. Like, so if they can kick that motherfucker to the 40, then that's, you know, the coach is going to be happy. Honestly, every kick is kind of like an onside. Yeah. So, like, they're they're kicking it and, like, running down trying to fucking recover it and trying that, to get the ball back. That's what you said. They, one of the team or one of the games that your team lost was... Yeah, they the literally kicks. got down because they had, like, three onside kicks at right after, like, one after another. Like, they would fucking... Get scored on, and then the boys would go kick the fucking ball, and they would recover it. And it like once you get buried in a hole, and that's one thing about like a team sport like football. You know, it takes eleven people. Obviously, if you know football, you know that. But like at a young age, like eight, nine year old kids do when they're down three touchdowns, like the mentality, like the fucking like oh we're we're beat. It kind of sinks in a lot. You do know? they have a mercy rule? They the- do. Um, if if they get to thirty five points and they're up by three touchdowns, they'll stop keeping score. Oh, uh, but they'll keep playing the game. They'll though? keep playing the game and the clock won't stop. Okay. So basically, like the clock will run. It's kind of like fucking will hurry up let, and get it over with. Will they let the team that's down like rack points up though? Yes, like but 
I mean, honestly, like, if a team does that, then usually that's not the case. Right, yeah. Like, with Little League, like, the discrepancy in talent's obvious. Yeah. I mean, and this is going to sound bad to anybody, like, that's, you know, familiar with the area, but, like, the kids that come from the north side of Tulsa, they fucking ball out. (laughs) Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? What schools are those? Um, like Booker T, probably. I don't know, I don't know where Booker T. I, I, I couldn't tell you, yeah. to be honest with you. But like, you know, to be a hundred percent honest with you, like Northside of Tulsa is like the majority of where the black people stay, yeah. and that's a given. And, and I mean, the boys are athletes. They have a fucking TYAA. It's the Tulsa Youth Athletics Association, and they usually have like three or four teams for each grade from the boys that come out and like to play football and shit. And they're always good. Yeah. I mean, they're just ballers, dude. Well, good on your boy for getting a sack and winning. Dude, I'm today. so listen. Like, let me just be a proud dad for just a second, because I'm so proud of my son. Man, like, this kid is like arguably the biggest kid on the team, but easily one of the hardest workers. I mean, when they run laps at the, after every practice, after they've run sprints, after they've done everything, and everybody's dog ass tired, he'll run an extra lap. He'll run two extra laps if somebody runs an extra lap with him. Right. Because he wants to be the one that works harder than everybody else. I think he, he's got that mentality that where he knows that he has to put in some extra work. Well, and I've told him from the jump, because I'm a really honest dad. I'm not going to fucking... Like, I build my kid up and I, and I feed his ego and shit. But I'm also realistic. It's like, you didn't come from fucking some athletic gene pool where you're just going to be naturally better than other kids. Like you're gonna have to work harder, yeah. and the you advantage, be yes, and the advantage that you have there is the hard work and shit is kind of bred into you. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like we, we've we've always fucking got up and did our job. Like you know, we made it happen. Right. And he's making it happen on a different level. You know what I mean? Like with football and shit. But the the kid is a fucking hard worker, and there's no denying him. Like he doesn't come off the fucking football field. He's a stud. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because I was talking with your dad earlier and we were talking about Nakai and he was talking about how he went to one of the uh, wrestling matches or whatever and your dad was was telling Nakai like, hey, you need to get mad, you need to get angry, you know, like put some emotion into it. Nakai was just like, no, I just need to be better than the other guy. Dude, (laughs) and it's sometimes it's frustrating because like me and my dad are real raw, raw. Yeah. Like when it comes to like fucking... You know, like getting ready for something. We're like, yeah, motherfucker, we're about to eat. You know, like, yeah, let's go, baby, let's go. And fucking like, Makai is like the complete opposite. opposite, dude. Like, I'll be like, let's go, baby. You, you ready? You ready? And he'll like, yeah, yeah, I'm ready. And the thing is, like, if, if you judged him by his fucking pregame attitude, you would, you would think you'd be like, oh man, this kid's about to go out there and get fucking bullied. Yeah, but no, he's just so lax and like. He just doesn't seem like... I think that, like, with him competing since he was fucking, like, four with all these other kids and, like, his age group and shit and his class and shit, he just knows that he's physically stronger and better at what he's doing than most of these kids. Right. Like, sometimes you'll see it, like, when he's fucking got a challenge and you can tell, like... But for the most part, like, he he just kind of goes to work on him. Yeah. And, like, a lot of these kids, man, like, fucking... They're they're meaner than him, and Makai is so compassionate that like if a kid's soft, he he won't like bulldog him, yeah. and that's the only thing I don't like is like fucking. He won't exploit that. It's competition, right? So like, off the field when we're at the playground, when you're at school, be the fucking nice, kind giant that you are. Right. You know what I mean? Be a gentle giant. Help people. Don't let nobody get bullied. But I feel like, but when you put that film, that uh, that football the, helmet on, on the gridiron, yes, son. and and that's what I've been trying to breed into him is like, hey, when you put that helmet on, when we're on the wrestling mat, yep. it's different. Yeah, like you know, there's no no prisoners out there, fucking, right. and and he's a kid, he doesn't understand like you know, like his his dad's over here thinking like fucking kill, you know, go blah blah right. blah, you know. But honestly, I just want him to. I don't know, go out there and have fun and learn something. Just be better than me. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I admire the the relationship that you have with, with Makai and the role in sports that he plays and how you motivate him and you help him. You're always trying to help him get better. Like, 
I, I really look up to that and how you guys handle that. So, man, looking forward to doing that with my son. I just, dude, I just want him to have a good experience with sports and like, and coming up in a small community and shit because he's really set up to have like the perfect upbringing, like the perfect little small town Oklahoma fucking success story. Like you, you come up, you play football. Everybody knows you. You're, you're popular, good-looking kid. You go to college. You get a good job. You raise a nice family. You live a good life. Going to football games you know and I mean? hollering at older girls. Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not fucking, I'm not trying to push this kid into the NFL. I just want him to learn some valuable lessons, you know, about fucking teamwork and hard work and you know, like some sacrifice to get what you want. Well, I commend you on what you're doing. Yeah. Just know that I'm taking notes, watching what you guys are doing. Man, I, I appreciate that. Like, I don't fucking... I, I, I don't do anything to fucking set an example for anybody. I just want my kid to be so great. Right, exactly. And that's what I want for my kid. That's, I, I yeah. respect good dads. I mean, hey, And you're word. one of the best. Real recognized real, huh? For real, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Makes me want to do better, be better, and, and be able to have that dynamic with my Well, son. find out, like, what he... What he likes. I mean, and I don't... It's weird because well, I've kind of, like, pushed Makai into the, the things that I like. Yeah. But, you know, he's my son, so kind of naturally he likes what I like. Absolutely. And See, I'm thankful Riley, for that. Riley's super soft right now, and he doesn't lose very well. I've been... For fucking two years, I've been trying to teach him how to just be okay with losing. You're not always going to win. But you got to learn from your losses. And, exactly. It's like, I'll, I'll beat him in a foot race, and he just fucking loses his mind. Or if we play rock, paper, scissors, he's been playing that with me. And if he loses, like, he doesn't... He's gotten better at rock, paper, scissors, actually. But anytime I beat him at anything else, dude, he throws a fit. So. To be fair, man, it, it's kind of hard to learn to lose. Right. You know no. what I mean? Like, I've never been in the position that my son's in. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I didn't have the dad like me. Right. And I didn't have the dad that was like, hey, do this. Hey, this guy's doing this. So you need to do this to become better. Right. It was like, my parents were kind of like, I don't know, fucking go to school. <laughs> and that's about it. You know? Just school. Like, yeah, like. Do I, I sound like I'm far away? A little bit, huh? Is your mic on? Yeah, it's on. It's just. I think it's twisted or something. Cool. Hold on, y'all. We're having some technical difficulties. Mic check. That's way better. Okay. You still do kind of sound distant, but... It sounds better in my headphone now. Okay. And I'm actually picking up some um, peaks and shit on here, so... But no, man, if if you're lucky, Rilo will have sim similar interests as you, and you can kind of fucking, you know, build on that. All right. Well, he definitely is interested in learning how to wrestle, because, like, we've wrestled a little bit at home. Well, literally, dude, that's where Makai learned how to lose. Yeah, and that, I mean, and it's fucked up to say, but that's that's where you like. I wish my parents would have forced me into wrestling. Right, you know what I mean. Like, I wish I'd have had somebody to make me go in there and learn those lessons because there's nothing that like I enjoy more, and then watching those boys go in there and just fucking give everything. Yeah, no, it's absolutely. so it's crazy, dude. Because you'll see kids from fucking like four to. Our wrestling room is like, you know, right, so four to 12, something right. like that. Like, you know, you'd have the novice group and then the open group. But, like, when you see you these kids, they want something school? so bad. Yeah, 3A. 3A, okay. But it, it's awesome to see kids when they want something so bad. And, they, and then you see when they understand, like, hey, the work I do here translates to how I perform out there when my grandma and my mom and dad and everybody's watching me. Right. You know what I mean? And you'll see kids fucking like crying on the mat, running so hard. And it's like, you know, they're, they're kind of being forced. It's like, you know, the, the coaches are, you know, pushing them, their dads are pushing them, everybody. But at the same time, you can tell like the kids who want it and they like start to understand like sacrifice there's a payoff. Right. You know what yeah, I mean? There, there's a payoff there. And also, when you lose on the wrestling mat, like, those kids, and Makai especially, and I think that's why wrestling to this day is his favorite sport, they, they, nobody else is accountable except for them. Right. The mistakes that happened out there, the reason they got beat, it, it's a 100% reflected on how they practiced, like, how they got ready, and, you know, just how serious they are. 
Right. No, absolutely. You've told me that before. Like whenever you guys lose in football and he's just like, man, like I did my job, you know, I did my job as, as well, you know, to the best of my would, ability. And for, you know, last season. So this year they're four and two. Last year they didn't even fucking win a game. Didn't score a touchdown. You know, and there's a lot of reasons I don't want to get into for that. But, you know, it was a bad season last season. And then coming into this year, you know, I've been hyping my boy up. Like, hey, dude, like you got something to prove. Like, go out there and let him know why you're the best lineman. He walks around with an air of confidence that is almost contagious. Like, you can feel it coming off that kid. Like, he knows, like, he's put in the work. He's always confident. Well, he hears it from his peers, from his coaches, and especially from his dad. Like, dude, I hype that boy up. Yeah, I always do, too. He was trying to pull a half on me earlier, and I was like, did you get any sacks earlier? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> he felt like a badass. He's always trying to wrestle with me because I'm close Mac- to his Mackay, size. Mackay is intent yeah. on calling Freeman my girlfriend, dude. Like, I get fucking... We get bullied by a nine-year-old. I get bullied, dude. Yeah. Like, not, you not so much. He bullies the fuck Are out you kidding of me? me, dude? He tells his papa, my dad, that you're my girlfriend, yeah. dude. Like, get the fuck out of here. I'm getting bullied by my son. Because your dad took him to the fair, and whenever they came back, I was already here. Speaking of my dad, <laughs> I have a challenge. And me and Jason, I think, are about to play Cupid. Yeah. So, at the very beginning, if you've been with us for that long... You would know that we have a lowered expectations type of segment where oh, we. Oh shit! We're gonna pull this on for for that. I mean, Let's it is kind of lowered expectations, right? I mean, I like to think it's not lowered expectations. I think maybe it's just a realization of yeah. your expectations. I don't know. I just think that your dad and my mom can make a, a good little match. That's because. what we were. That's what I was getting at. <laughs> so we we're I talking know. about my dad, you know, and my dad's the. Papa of the year. Dude, he is a really good grandpa. And then Jason's got his mom, who's also single. Single and... What does Riley call her, Meemaw? Uh, Gigi. 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 So, a a Gigi, who has no (laughs) ding-ding. And a a Papa, who ain't got no ting-ting in a while. Is he Papa or Peepaw? He's Papa. Okay, Papa. He's Papa, but Melina insists on calling him Grandpa for some reason. I think she saw it on Bluey. So well, well, at least she ain't like, hey, Cliff. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Cliff. But, hey. Mom, if you're listening, uh, I'm going to introduce you to Cliff on Riley's birthday party if he actually shows you up. You can't I'm even. Does. Don't address her. She's just, she's not going to hear it. She ain't listening. She but says listen, she does. Well, this we're going to find out This, on this is what episode. we're going to do. When me and Jason are about to play Cupid, and I know they're not listening, so. Uh, my mom we're gonna stare, actually will listen, though. We're going to steer them in the right direction. So. Finch's mom. What's her name? I'm sorry. Sabrina. Sabrina. You're going to meet Cliff soon. And um, he's going to sweep you off your feet. I sure hope But he, he doesn't even know that yet. But it's like, my mom's done been through the Rieger with men. So she's oh not, not going to be interested in like living with him or him living with her. So as long well, so, as... So that's perfect. That, because That's exactly what I was thinking. Like, my dad is the same. Right. You know what I mean? Like, they've been through the Ringler... Ringler, ringer, ringer yeah. as far as relationships go, yep. and it's like they just need maybe like a snuggle buddy on the exactly. weekends. Exactly, maybe they can hang some out companionship. And... Maybe watch somebody to watch a movie with. Exactly, Netflix and chill. My mom doesn't fucking ever get out and do anything. So if Dude, he could just like holler my at her, dad like, hey, ever. I'm gonna come pick you up. We're gonna go out to the casino. Dinner. Does yeah. she like the casino? No, she, my mom's not a gambler, and she doesn't oh drink God. or anything. So. Well, that's good, though, because my dad can't fucking... Exactly. Like, he, he's kind saying. of a drinker, but he probably doesn't need to be with somebody who is a drinker. Right, because then it can just make it worse. So my mom doesn't drink. I mean, I'm sure she would probably go to the casino. She just doesn't do it on her own. You know what I'm saying? So here's the plan, you guys, for all for both of our fans. Y'all are listening. Yes. <laughs> Riley's birthday's coming up. At an undisclosed location because we can't tell both of y'all about where it's at because we don't. But want if to you crazy. didn't get an invite on Facebook and you want one, hit me up. If if I like you, I might send you an invite. So yeah, you're more than welcome. Yeah, but that's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna shoot the cupid arrows and I'm gonna be like, "This is Jason's mom. Like she's a fucking freak in the sheets." You know? <laughs> I'm just kidding, Sabrina. I, I did, I'm sorry. I did walk in on her blowing my stepdad one time. No. Like, yeah, so it was 100% my bad. I should have knocked and I just opened the door. Holy fuck, dude. Yeah. That's terrible. 
I think Thankfully, the, I've never walked in on my mom performing a sexual act. I think the worst part about it is like she tried to play it off or whatever, but she, she didn't have her teeth in. She's like, oh, I'm looking, I'm, I'm looking for ticks. <laughs> fucking no teeth. She's just gumming that shit. Like, oh, Jesus no. Christ, yeah. Oh, like. Listen, I bet you that's some badass top. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if I had to say it. Okay. Well, One of these days, I'll know what that's like. <laughs> One Hold on, thing. so she don't have real teeth? Her top ones are fake. My dad don't have real teeth. Yeah. So. We're talking about hooking up two old people, y'all. Dude, don't fucking judge. I, I think they're like, honestly, a match made in heaven. I mean, it could be something special. Could be. Could be. And I it, just want him to have fun. Yeah. I just want my dad to have some fun. Yeah. Like, he's my such a good guy. He's yeah. such a good guy. Man, he does so much stuff for yeah. everybody else, man. Yeah, my he mom's fucking, the same fucking way. He's just dude. always fucking there to help. Like, I mean... My dad's the best, dude. Like, he's fucking and literally, whenever I need anything, dude, he's a phone call away. Absolutely. I mean, I can't fucking say enough good things about my dad. And I he's love got my the dad. same fucking birthday as me. So Same but, birthday yeah. as Jay. Exact same Cliff day. Me and Cliff have bonded since, like, we've been hanging out and shit. So, I love Cliff. Listen, I think we need to make that happen. I think I it agree. would be a match made in heaven. And then we could be stepbrothers. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Can, bro. Did we just become best uh, friends? Uh, yup. I think so. Do you want to go do karate in the basement? You know it. Yup. <laughs> Fuck yes. Yeah, but, dude. Dude, how fucking cool would that be? That would be pretty dope. I think it would be cool. And honestly, bro. Because like, then I can look at Makai and be like, I ain't your dad's girlfriend. I'm his fucking stepbrother. He said, I'm your fucking stepuncle, <laughs> son. Stepuncle. You're going to treat me as such, boy. <laughs> Until he turns 12, and then he can beat me up. So that's like the ongoing debate is like how old Makai's going to be when he can whoop us. I, I think for me it's going to be like 12. 12 I said 15. It depends, it depends on how my body reacts. By the time he's 15, if I'm beaten down, then yeah, probably. But it might be like 12 or 13. I think the second he's he weighs as much as I do, I'm toast because he's a better wrestler. <laughs> I never Fuck learned man. how to wrestle. He's so. been on the fucking mat since he was four. So I think the most I've learned how to wrestle is from the little bit that I've wrestled with him <laughs> and watching you like teach him shit. I would just love for him to get a state title soon. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, not even soon. Just just one. Yeah. Before he's done. You know what I mean? Before he's done and he hangs the fucking, you know, wrestling shoes up. I want him to get one state title. I th- I think though I could see him making a at least a school career out of it. Well, as far as like you know the kids that he's always it. competed with, he's right up there with the best in the state. Right. I mean, so it's like he's been there. There's just some small adjustments he needs to make. To be honest, he carries too much weight to perform at his like optimal. You know what I mean? As he gets older and he has more control of. Uh, like his body, yeah. You know what I mean. Once like, he can kind of start. W- once he realizes, yes. Once once he learns how to cut weight and realizes like he's carrying around unnecessary weight, then yeah. then I think that that's when the switch happens. But I don't want to force that. No. Like I want that to be something where he's like, "Hey, I'm close, but this is the sacrifice I need to make to get there." Yeah. And if he comes to that conclusion, great. If not, then you. Yeah. He's smart. He's competitive. He'll get there. But, dude, so this is Saturday night. We're recording this, and we just oh. watched Fury versus Wilder. Man. Holy shit, guys. Might might be, no, and no exaggeration, might be the best heavyweight boxing match I've ever seen. Honestly, in my opinion, I think it's the best boxing match I've ever seen. I, it was fucking amazing, dude. From, from bell to bell. I mean, it so was action-packed. Fucking just two dudes just giving it all. Man, I four knocked out. Both dudes got dropped twice. So Fury got dropped twice in the third round. No, no, no. Yeah, Fu- yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. Third, you're right. Third round, he got dropped twice. Third or round. fourth? One of the two. I think it, it was fourth. It was like a 10-7 round, though. I think it was four, but yeah, he got dropped twice in that round. And I was worried. Because, I, well, at the same time, like, I wouldn't have been mad if Wilder won. Because he's American, and it would have set up a great fucking fourth fight for him. But I was... I'm always cheering for Fury. It's hard to cheer against Fury. Dude, it really is. I fucking love that guy. He's so entertaining. He's fun to watch. Like, you don't see a 280-pound man moving like that. 277, man. They said it's the biggest heavyweight uh, championship bout in history. 
The way he slips punches at that size is fucking crazy. Insane, dude. To be able to hang in the pocket with a dude like Deontay Wilder, slip punches, and then fucking piece him up. Nasty, dude. So, Fury dropped Wilder in one of the earlier rounds. I want to say it was the second. He dropped him pretty early, I thought. Pretty early, yeah. Yeah. I think think it was two. Yeah, and then he didn't drop him again until, what, round 10? Yeah, but he was fucking battering. Yeah, he was beating the, the fuck The out punches landed was almost double. Yes. And then the last fucking punch, I mean, Wilder went out on his face. You know, nasty. it sucks because, like, Deontay's such a beast. And, like, he would fucking literally just crush faces of 98% of the people in the world. Everybody but the fucking pikey. Except for the <laughs> fucking Gypsy King, man. <laughs> And like, and that's what I was talking about while we were watching it. It's like this is the difference between a freak athlete who hits so hard that he can knock anybody out, than a guy who's been boxing since he was fucking in diapers and yep. has a huge weight advantage. Huge weight advantage, and he moves like he's a fucking he weight so class good. below. He moves so good. He might not have the same power, but we're talking about two hundred seventy-seven pounds of man behind those punches. I don't give a fuck if he. I mean, I get a week. Puncher at that size, yeah, they're pu- it's still crushing punching, dudes, yeah. crushing dudes. They're, they're knocking your fucking head off. So the beautiful end of the fight, fight. I mean, fucking Wilder doesn't even know where he's at. He's bleeding out of his ears and shit. His ears, dude. holy shit. Yeah. So I hope that he's gonna be okay. Yeah. But, so uh, props to the king, the Gypsy King, the baddest man on planet Earth right now. But with uh, with the bleeding out of the ears, can lead me on to the next subject of the bare knuckle boxer that j- oh, just shit. passed away, Justin Thornton. Justin Thornton, rest in peace, man. Um, was it he a heavyweight fighter? I think he's a big old boy heavyweight. too. And he got slept nasty. On- Listen, I got problems with this man, and this is the only reason I have a problem with this because. When he went to fight, he signed an agreement acknowledging that death may happen. Yeah. So he took that risk because he's a warrior. But the matchmaker who set this fight up was feeding his guy. Yep. And he knows that. He, he put in a guy, Justin, the guy who lost his life on short notice against an absolute fucking monster who outweighed dude by 30 plus pounds. And I... Was, Think I mean, Thornton was O and O in bare knuckle. He'd never even fought in bare knuckle. Well, see, he? and that's how they're able to do this. Mm-hmm. They're able to come in and be like, "Well, he's O and O in bare knuckle boxing right. against this guy who's one and O." I think he was two and O. So, the guy he fought. so with that being said, they're like, "Well, the the level field, you know, the playing field is level, but it's really not but, because if you look at the experience past bare knuckle, dude was eleven and one in MMA and like had a nice little boxing record." And fucking, obviously the better fighter. You know what I mean? As far as experience, he had much more ring time. And he went in there and fucking killed the dude. Right. You know what I mean? Like, he did his job. It's not his fault. So, his... But it's fucked up. And that's on the matchmakers, man. So they knew what they were doing. The guy that passed away, Justin Thornton, he was six... Uh, in his MMA uh, professional record. Like six and twelve? Six wins and 18 losses. Yeah, see, that's not a good fighter. No. That's a guy who shows up to get a check. Right. So, you can't man. put him in there with a guy like Dylan Kleckler. a fucking killer, dude. And, like, I, I wonder how how the other guy feels, though. Like, he probably feels terrible, knowing dude. Knowing that he just murdered a guy, basically. But I don't know. Listen, uh, I feel so bad for that guy. Because all he did was his job. Yeah. No, he didn't absolutely. pick his fucking opponent. Right. He, he, just, didn't, he didn't call the matchmaker and be like, I want this guy. Yeah. No, I agree. But it's like, what, was it the punch... That, that fucking did it, or the way that he fell on that fucking mat, man, because it was like, that that fall was gnarly, bro, and he's a big dude, and right on his fucking dome. I mean, you fall fucking six foot, right on your face. Yeah. And your brain's bouncing around in there and shit. So if you didn't know anything about it, fucking look up the video, they got it on online, you can see it, it's hard to watch, knowing that the guy fucking died nine days later, 19 days later. Of pneumonia. From complications. Like, I don't think he ever woke up. Is that what they said it was from pneumonia? Well, because, like, he got knocked out and never came to. Mm-mm. Yeah, dude, was, that, that's a hard deal. So, rest in peace. Hopefully. Man, it just, it just sucks, too, because that guy put his life on the line for a fucking, maybe a couple thousand dollars. Right, I was going to say, I hope BKFC, like, takes, takes care of his family or something. 
Yeah. There's I no mean, telling. Really, they're not obligated to legally. They're not. But I would hope, you know, that they're... Fine. It would be the right thing to do. If he has kids and a wife, it would be nice if BKFC fucking, you know, at least, you know, helped them. Yeah. You know, fucking pay for the funeral or whatever. No, absolutely. I don't know. Just a sad deal all around. So, um, we got Qatar versus Giga Chikadze. 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 That's a that's gonna be a banger. Man, I'll take Giga. Yeah, I think so too. Dude's kickboxing is nasty. Something about that guy. He got that nasty liver kick. Yeah, who do you think is gonna fight next for the featherweight belt? I mean, why not Max? I mean, if Max goes in there and beats up Yair... I mean, I think Max deserves it. But there's somebody else on the sidelines chirping that I would really want to see. Just because it would, it would be fucking crazy if he actually did it. Hmm. I'm trying to think who that might be. The king of cringe. Okay. <laughs> I just want to see him try. Dude, every time I doubt that guy, he wins. Yeah. Henry Cejudo, man. Like, he fucking... He overcomes the odds every time. And, like, who else could he fight at featherweight where it would actually, like, that aren't going to just tower over him? Like, at least Volkanovski is closer to his size. It's true. He, he's given up a fucking significant size advantage to everybody at 45. Exactly. And so to be honest, I don't think he can take down Volkanovski, and I think he gets pieced up, dude. Oh, yeah? I really do, man. I would just like to see him actually pull it off. I don't really... I'm not super confident he could. To but. be honest, though, like, who is uh, Volkanovski fought that can really threaten with a takedown? I mean, nobody. Nobody really. that you yeah. can think... Right? I mean, Max ain't gonna shoot a double. I mean, who Brian is? Ortega's not gonna shoot a double. No. I fucking guarantee you Henry Cejudo shoots a double. Abs- absolutely. You know what I mean? Who, who in the featherweight division actually, like, wrestles, though, right now? That's in the top. Because I can't think of one. It seems like they're all strikers right there. I think you may be right. I mean, I can't think of a lot of, like, within the top five. I mean, you got, like, fucking Qatar, Holloway, Yair, Rodriguez. And they're all strikers. They're Giga, all. I mean. They're, like, a lot of them are, like, tall, lanky guys. Volkanovski's yeah. the only one that's kind of the oddball. Yeah, he really is. I think that's maybe why, you know, the King of Cringe thinks he matches up well. I'd like to see it. I, I, don't, I mean, if... The King of Cringe wins, you know he's going to vacate the title and it's going to fuck up the featherweight division. So that's why I can see Dana not letting it happen. But as a casual fan, let him fucking try and make history. He doesn't want him to cut in front of Max. I mean, I get it, but like they've fought twice hard. Or, yeah, he's lost twice. Yeah, but if Volkanovski wants to be like known as the true champ of 45, he's got to beat Max definitively. I agree. You know what I, I mean? Agree. He's he's got to put him away, or or show me a fucking five round fight where he wins, without question. Yeah. Because the first two, yeah. I would have gave him Max. Absolutely, especially the second one for sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah so I have that one. So um, I I wrote this down just as a little joke. I was like, does uh, does Frank Mir have his own bedroom at Dale Cook's house? He's always on every one of their cards. If y'all don't know, the local promotion here is uh, XFN. It's ran ran by a kickboxing legend in his own right, Dale Cook. And uh, Frank Mir does a lot of the commentary. He's here all the fucking time. Yeah, like a few times a year at least. Yeah, they must have like some kind of deal with him or something. Maybe they're homies. Maybe they're... That's I like I Frank. I was so starstruck the first time I met him, dude. But then after, like, he became, like, a regular, it was like, oh, that's Frank. The novelty wore off. Yeah. It yeah. was weird. I bought him a drink at the bar. Oh, dope. Yeah, I bought him a he's fucking... got way more money than you'll ever have. <laughs> I just wanted to buy him a fucking yeah. drink. First time I ever met him is when Flick choked out this fucking kid. Uh... Oh, fuck, I can't even remember his name. I don't know, but it was in Dallas. Oh. But uh, anyway, Frank was there and fucking, like, we saw him at the bar after the fights and I bought him a fucking vodka tonic. Oh, you didn't buy him a fucking Washington apple? <laughs> he wanted a vodka tonic. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, I just thought that was funny. Um, what do you think about Aspen Lab missing weight? 
and then turns around and um, replaces Holly Holm, which I think is a main event slot. I think she got off of her period, and now she can cut weight. It's fucked up. But <laughs> like she's getting rewarded for it, though, it seems like. But it's at featherweight, if I do remember. And she was trying to make 35 or 25 before. I couldn't do. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I just know it was a big deal about her missing weight because she's done it twice now, where she's like looks like she's about to topple over. Yeah, I know Misha Tate tried to say she was cheating or some shit. I don't know exactly why she was thought she was cheating, but like I think maybe she tried to like grab the tail. Yeah, like DC to do a DC move. DC did it the best, dude. He like, did. That hey, was slick. That motherfucker will never admit to it publicly, dude. But he beat the scale that day. A hundred percent. And it was beautiful, to be honest. 100%. I thought it was great. So we need a timestamp. Thirty-five minutes. All right. Give a big shout out to uh, Paint Right Tulsa, Brandon Bitch and Mullet. He is actually over here tonight playing some poker with us. Pretty sure he split the pot. One. He won the majority of the pot. They, they chopped it. That motherfucker, dude. Every time he comes over here, there's, he... I know. He wins. We invited him to fantasy football. He's fucking undefeated. Number yeah. one in the league. We invited him to poker. He comes over and takes all our money and wins. That's the second time he's done it, too. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's fucking insane, dude. Like, I'm going to have to challenge something, challenge him to something I know I can beat him at. Like, kickboxing. This is the only thing I think I can beat him at at this point. Dude, he, he's he's kind of got a little wild side to him, so I bet he'd probably kickbox with you, too. Think? <laughs> he might, man. I like Brandon. Yeah, me too. He might kick my ass. Fuck. Shit. I mean, he's, he's good He might have some else. fucking weight on you, bro. Good at Uh-oh. <laughs> hey, I was just happy I wasn't the butt of the weight jokes tonight. <laughs> yeah, we get fucking ridiculed for being fat. Well... I deserve it, though, because I'm always giving Flick shit for being a big old boy now. And he's not really even big, honestly. So, I deserve it whenever Flick brings it to me. But Yeah, uh, when he, you're he, friends with a former former professional fighter, you kind of catch shit for gaining weight. Yeah, no, absolutely. But I was just talking to you the other day, and I was like, dude, we need to like, bring casual camp back or something. Because I just feel like shit constantly, and I'm tired of it, so... Dude, I'm, I'm reaching my hibernation period of the year, so... Well, I've got a gym membership, homie. Let's fucking... Let's do it. Like, one day a week. Just go fucking hit I the know. weights. I need to I need to go get back on this fucking treadmill out here. Yeah, see? Uh, that's what I was doing before, and I want to do the treadmill again, but I actually want to, like, act, like get stronger, too. So. I would like to find somebody who could, like, fucking help me lift weights and do it right to where I can gain bulk. Because exactly. I've always done endurance shit to where I've got like skinny and in shape, right. but I want to be like buff. I'd like to turn what fat <coughs> you have into muscle, and I don't know how to do that. And 10 Jim tries to fucking sell you on a like personal trainer or whatever, which costs way more than my rent, and I'm like, fuck out of here. <laughs> Some fucking 19-year-old named Chad. Yeah, I mean, he was a cool dude. He gave me, like, one free class, but at the end of it, he, like, gives you his little fucking pyramid scheme bullshit. Like, oh, for this, you can get this. For this, you can get this. I'm like, dude, the first option is, like, half of my rent. The last option is, like, double my rent. I was like, I can't afford that. So how much do you want it, brother? Yeah, I can barely afford the twenty four ninety nine a month for the goddamn membership, you know? Right. Yeah. But I, I do need somebody to fucking like show me how to legit work out. So I'm right there with you. I was talking to Flick about it. And I was like, dude, like fucking go to the gym with me. You don't have to work out, but you can fucking teach me how to work out. You know, give me an hour of your time, one, one time a week, you know. Well, he don't really know much about lifting weights. Does he not? Most of his shit's endurance. That's why I fucking like. Yeah, I guess you're right. I learned most of my stuff from him anyway. Right. Like my, all the training and stuff I do is for like cardio and fighting yeah like getting in good shape having big lungs and well we need to bring something back because i need to get active again and i I had fun competing with a casual camp so if we can like have because i don't get competitive with nobody else but like you guys whenever we're playing fantasy football and shit so let's fucking make a competition out of it i mean that's fair we don't have to have like a sober october type deal but we could have a we could make a trophy of some sort I think. Yeah. I'm I mean, sure we can. You still owe me five push-ups, so let me get them hooks right now. Oh, for the podcast. Fucking A, dude. <laughs> five of them. Do I need to leave my headphones on? No, nah, you can take them off. Oh, get I comfortable. I can actually make them work. Hold on. <laughs> there we go. Is that good? There we go. Yeah, I think I've waited like three weeks for these. 
<laughs> Just so we could get it during the podcast. That's five push-ups. I don't know you shit no more. Alright, we're square. Square, baby. We bet on something. We didn't have neither one of us had money, so we bet we bet <laughs> push Was that last weekend when you saw my Hank Hill ass? Oh <laughs> I think it was actually. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of. I don't awkward. know. That was kind of embarrassing. Uh, I mean, better your Hank Hill ass than. I don't know. <laughs> I guess you could have seen my old lady. I don't know. Yeah. All right. So, do you want to tell the story, or do I need to? I mean, we was all partying, having a good time, and y'all. Yeah, we y'all had went my, out. My mother-in-law was here, and fucking, she, we offered the bed up to her, and Jason was too drunk to drive, so we let him sleep here and then me and jenna were obviously drinking and it's like well we kind of got all horned up and it's like well where do we go you know so we went out back she claims that she told me not to come out there but i don't recall that and i fucking went out there just to go smoke a cigarette and i'm like deer in headlights yeah. and it's just mike's hank kill ass so right basically there. fucking jason <laughs> walked outside and saw me and putting it work with the old hank hill bud i got <laughs> I mean, literally, I was, that's all I could think of was Hank Hill. I was like, holy shit. It's a deer in the headlights. You just saw my white ass. I was like, oh, fuck. My bad, guys. I just went back inside. <laughs> yeah. Kind of weird. but it, it was pretty funny, though. <laughs> yeah, I I have a fucking, uh, literally, the, the most Hank Hill ass ever. What what did he diminish glute syndrome? <laughs> he I know he had a narrow urethra. <laughs> I don't have that. I don't know what's wrong with his ass. Yeah, he just has diminished glutes. So um, there's a there was a video on on Facebook the other day that I was seeing, and it was this the, this woman I guess rear-ended a Lamborghini. Yeah. And she gets out of her car. The Lamborghini pulls into the into the gas station, and she gets out of her car and comes she's like you hit my car and clearly the damage on the lamborghini is in the back hers is damaged in the front she just leaves hers in the fucking intersection basic basically but she's all hooting and hollering about oh you hit my car you hit my car and like you get the lamborghini guys video he's sitting in the seat and he's like all right i'll call the cops for you because that's not how this works and you're thinking like oh what a dumb bitch right like of course you rear-ended him you're at fault you're gonna pay for that fucking car and you're not going to be able to afford it. Well, I saw some videos just surfaced earlier today that shows that the Lamborghini was like out in the middle of the intersection. And I guess the light turned red and he reversed and he backed into her. And then I guess he panicked and turned, like went ahead and turned. And then whenever she pulled out, that's whenever she rear-ended. Because in his video, you see her rear-ending him. But then there's other more footage out there that shows her him backing up into her. Oh wow! So he did hit her. I did not know that. Yes, dude. I All I saw her today. talking about was calling him a fucking white person with privilege. Yeah, and I was she talking was about a white, white privilege. Like, bitch, just because you're fucking a black dude doesn't make you black. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, no, you're right, a hundred percent. But. She was right. He fucking hit her first. Wow. Which is fucking insane. And she's talking about she's getting a lawyer to sue him for defamation and shit. She can't afford it. Um, Homie's driving a Lambo. Well, that might be her cash cow, though. Man. He's driving a Lambo, so there's some money there. Yeah, she better hope she can fucking prove her case. Well, there's video footage of it, so... Like, I saw him back into her, so... I mean, it's Duh. out there, and she's got a case. Can you imagine being a judge and you gotta judge this shit off of fucking clips from the internet? Well, it's uh, security footage. Like, but it shows her rear-ending him and it shows him backing into her. Both of them. Dude, I, I couldn't imagine what it feels like to drive a Lamborghini and fucking hit something in it. Dude, like, you would just die. Like, oh... Like, your what? fucking asshole would pucker. There's a bunch of Lamborghinis that drive around Tulsa, and I'm like, fucking why? Our roads are so shit. Like, you fucking Dude, probably bought them out. I've probably seen two my whole life. Dude, I see them all the time, it seems like. Yeah, I would not want a Lambo in Tulsa. I, I, I'm constantly on the road, though, for my job, so... But I see them all the time, man, especially on the south side, dude. They're, they're all over the place. Hmm. But yeah, I just... I wrote that down as a note because... It was kind of a plot twist once once you saw the extra footage come out. I was like, damn, so... 
Yeah, that's weird. I did not know that because, like most people, I seen his side of it where she fucking rear ends the shit out of him and starts talking about white privilege. I mean, and she thunk right into him, so she was pissed <laughs> that he ran into her. So I mean, it's it's an interesting situation. So we'll see. No shit. Like, but if you're the guy in the Lambo and you back into some fucking hoopty. Yeah. Like, how stupid would you feel? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, fuck, man, I just backed into a Buick. Right. You're <laughs> driving a fucking quarter of a million dollar car. Yeah, his uh, his premiums are going to go up. Nah, I'm sure he'll be fine. Dad will take care of it. <laughs> Dad will take care of it. Yeah, man. Where are we at on time, Bob? Uh, we're got 45 minutes right now. 45 minutes of our fucking nonsense. Yeah, so we got Dustin Poirier and Charles Oliveira sealed, okay. si- signed, sealed, and delivered. I think December 11th? Yeah. Yep. I like that fight. I think Dustin takes the belt. What do you <laughs> think about fucking uh, the nose? Your former fucking... Yeah. Favorite journalist turning into a heel and being super fucking annoying and nobody... You, you want to know how I feel about it? Because we've... I've talked on the show about being a fan of his and that dude kind of inspiring me to like do the MMA analysis and like even reporting and journalism in, in general. And I fucking unfollowed him, man. Between his manufactured drama with Schaub and then now he's uh, he's even going after Schultz and I'm just like dude it's I feel like he's picking the wrong fights man yeah, they're comics like, like, don't fucking pick a fight with Brendan Schaub bro you're gonna lose and I received a lot of hate on Twitter the other day for basically calling calling him out and saying like dude it's cringe like I don't wanna see this he's not a fighter there's not a fight on the line I don't wanna I don't care to see this WWE bullshit that he's like Trying to spew and get out there. Right, it's, like, don't try to sell hype with you and Brennan Schaub. When yeah. Brennan Schaub would fucking tie you into a knot. Exactly. So, I had a bunch of people unfollow me and talk shit to me on fucking, on Twitter about it. I was like, I don't care, man. I'm like, it's annoying. I think it's super cringe. Right, I just wish he would stick to fucking, you know, what people liked him for. Just interviewing fighters. Yeah, that's what like, he's great have, at. You don't have to be a personality. That's why I loved him. I was like, dude, and he asks good questions. He's a great journalist. Like, I respect the guy for, for what he does in his job, but... Right, like, you don't have to be a personality. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why he thinks that this is a good idea to beef with comics that are, just, like, at the end of the day, they're just going to roast him. He might have a better vocabulary and be smarter than... Shab and fucking Schulte, but at the end of the day, they're funnier, and they're gonna fucking just make fun of you. Well, it's gonna be like the nerdy kid in class. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can come hard at him, but they're gonna embarrass you. Yeah. And somebody, somebody that actually had my back on Twitter was like, said something about him only mentioning Joe Rogan's name one time, and he's never said it since. So I'm sure Joe called him and said, "Hey, like, whatever you're doing with Shab is between y'all, but you best not say my fucking name ever again." Bro, you get fucking buried. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I've said it before. The only way America has a revolution is if they uh, assassinate Joe Rogan. If the Pod Father is murdered. I mean, if that happens, do we revolt? Fucking the revolution starts. Absolutely. So in the name of the great Joe Rogan. I mean, if it if the beef stops, hopefully one of them will go on the other one's show. They can handle it on the microphone in person. I'll I'll tune in. But dude, honestly, there's probably no coming back for Ariel. Like, I mean, the the space he's in is open for so many people. Nobody gives a fuck who asks the questions. Nope. We just want to know the answers. Yeah. So I said, you don't need to be a personality. Like, you can be the top dog, you know, make your own media company, ask the right questions, do whatever, but keep your fucking opinions and your beef to yourself. Like, you're talking to professional fighters. I agree wholeheartedly. If if they disrespect you because of the way you say some shit, then, well, I mean, what are you going to do? Are you going to fucking fight them? Yeah, (laughs) that's the whole thing. It's like, there's not a fight on the line, so the WWE shtick... Like he got mad at Schaub because Schaub said nobody likes to work with him. Well, I mean... It seems like I wouldn't like working with the guy either. 
Well, I mean, Shaw made the good point of saying, like, he's been fired from every fucking job he's at. So, I mean, there's that. Now you're back at square one, bubba. And, yeah. And then he was also like, you know, I'm not the one who started these fucking, you know. Like, I'm not the one who started saying this shit. I heard it from other people. Yeah. Which I could see being fucking, you know. I could see that being the case. I mean, Ariel just kind of seems like a fucking, uh, you know, an abrasive dude. Like, somebody who's hard to work with. He looks like a pretentious fucking asshole. He yeah. thinks he's better than you. That's what I'm saying. He thinks he, he's he smarter than you. He should have kept to the journalist angle. Fucking keep your WWE bullshit to yourself. And I think it's interesting, though, because they both are employed by Showtime. Are they? I, I think th- so, I think yeah. Ariel was let go. I think that was the whole thing of oh. Shab saying like you're square one. You know. What well, I mean? he was Ariel did the entering uh, interviews for Jake Paul. So yeah, but the, he Maybe went he was after that. Uh, well, he might have been solo when he did that with Jake Paul. Was that not for Trailer? No, 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 no that, that was, was Showtime. Time, yeah. So maybe I know. Yeah, at some point he was employed with Showtime. So whether well, he still is, or he not. does have the benefit of people knowing his fucking name. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even if it's bad publicity, it's publicity. So True. I'm just, I'm not into it, so I don't follow them. Yeah, people will still take his interviews and shit, but I mean, yeah, no, if, absolutely. He, if he keeps it up, people are going to fucking... And I'm still going to consume his media. Whenever he gets a good fucking clip off one right. of his interviews, I'm going to click on it. And honestly, it. like, the people he's trying to beef with have influence in that community, so it's like... Like you're gonna start fucking beef with Shab, who has such an influence on that like Colorado MMA scene. And, he like, can go right to Corey the Sandman. Yeah, and, and be like, "Yo, hey. fuck this guy. This guy's a douchebag." And then, I mean, not saying that he could be like, "Hey, don't go do this interview." You know what I mean? But he, you know, yeah. fighter, they're gonna they're gonna pick their side. Yeah, I I I tend to agree. So I don't like seeing it. Hopefully, it stops soon. All right, like get off of it, Ariel. Mm-hmm. Fucking move on, bro. Be the journalist. Like we're done with the fucking Jim Ross stick. Agreed. Alright, man. Um, shout out to the fucking sponsor, Painter Rights also. Even though you beat us at fucking poker tonight. Cacksucka. Yeah, cacksucka. Uh, like, rate, review. Follow us on Twitter at Extra Media Mike, at The Casual Finch. Show us some love. Share us with your friends. And as always, puke outside.